Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Arnault, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. You might have noticed from last week's show, we're jumping around in time a bit with our recordings. This one comes from May, immediately after the end of our tour, and was the first show recorded in our new home, The Beat Kitchen. We partnered up with a really great local organization, Smash Coven, a group with the tagline, Good Witches Doing Good, for a fundraiser for Chicago Women's Health Center. The theme of the show was Wild Women of the Woods, and this part of the night features stories and songs from some incredible non-male people like Vanessa Wilco, Jen Ducharme, Chels Harvey, and Mary Beth Smith. As a bonus, Katie and Becca host this episode, so you don't have to hear me that much, and they also sing their hearts out with an assist from myself and Dwight Hassler. Uh, speaking of Dwight, guys, you don't want to miss the next live Your Stories. On Sunday, September 17th, we're doing a special full band show downstairs on the big stage at the Beat Kitchen, like Big Boys, which includes an opening set from Dwight's brand new band, as well as a special screening of our friends in Muscular Clown Productions' web series, The Street Wizard's Apprentice. It's going to be a really awesome time. Tickets are available on the Beat Kitchen website now. You can find those through our Facebook and website as well. Don't miss out on that. It's going to be seriously like a once-in-a-lifetime once thing. Otherwise, thanks for your continued support of this podcast and of the Nerdalogs. We've been doing this a long time, and you guys out there make it pretty special. Come back next week for more Wild Women, and enjoy the heck out of this. Hello, thank you so much for coming to our first night at the Bee Kitchen. This is very exciting. Uh, I'm not going to say too much tonight because you may have noticed I'm not a wild woman of the woods and I felt like I should uh, abstain from my usual role of host of the show. But I didn't want to say I'm back. So thank you everybody who supported our, my really ill-conceived tour over the last couple weeks. I'm now back. I'm very happy to be back, very happy to be in this new venue with all you wonderful people and a great cause and great guests here tonight. And with all that said, I would love to turn the evening's festivities over to Katie Johnston-Smith and Becca Brown! Yeah. Uh, we are wild women of the woods. We are. Yes. 
Yes, uh, and I think we'll start by inviting the fellas uh, up to the stage because we just like to start the night with music, and tonight we're doing all music by ladies. Yeah, who witchy yeah. ladies? Witchy ladies. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I have a small anecdote about our first witchy Please. lady. Um, so I went to her concert at Ravinia, and uh, it's Dolly Parton, yes. and I like. <laughs> I saw her. I was hiding literally in the woods of Ravinia. I was like hiding in this like bush. I wasn't really hiding. I was just trying to see her up closer. And we definitely made eye contact. And then that means we're friends. That means you're friends. That means we're friends. But like the day after I met Dolly Parton at Ravinia, I met my boyfriend, and I think that is. Uh, I think that was she moved Dolly's powers. <laughs> I agree. She's a witch. Rubbed off on me. She's a witch. She's she can witch. save. She can save all the Smoky Mountains, and also <laughs> she brought you and your love together. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah. This was her first hit. Yeah. Jolene. Yes. All right. One, two, three, four. vocals on this one. Make some noise. <laughs> I actually did meet Stevie Nicks. Uh, we're doing a Fleetwood Mac song next, and she uh, recognized me 
from School of Rock, and I passed away. I'm a ghost. We touched, we touched foreheads. We touched foreheads, and she was like, you're my soul sister, and I do think I got some of her powers. <laughs> She was at the premiere for School of Rock on Broadway, oh, so that's, that's awesome. probably how she recognized me. <laughs> it was um, I I had to I cr- I uh, had full face of makeup on, and when I when I'm about to cry, when I have a full face of makeup on, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I just it's okay. To stop it from going. Um, I have to like uh like roll my head back so that all the tears pull up in my eyes and then I have to blink them out onto the floor. So I was doing that. I did that for like most of the night uh, after meeting Stevie. All right. We ready? Let's do it. That was a great story. Thank you. One, two, three, four. What? One more time. One, two, three, four.
kind of felt like I did. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, tonight we're all here for storytelling and shit. But also uh, because we are magically raising some money for the Chicago Women's Health Center. So snaps for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tonight you're going to hear stories from a bunch of bomb-ass people. Uh, and uh, starting with... Vanessa Wilco, who is one of the founders of Smash Coven, uh, who are a bunch of ladies who identify as witches who raise money for uh, cool nonprofits. Uh, and Vanessa, in addition to being that awesome, she's also <laughs> written a book about uh, how to put together chainmail jewelry. She's also Yo. very tall. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you won't be able to see this if you're listening to the podcast, but she is wearing something that she made right yes. now. Uh, and the pattern has disco dancing witches on it. Yes. And it's amazing. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, without further ado, Vanessa Wilco, the beautiful bitch witch. Woo! I can live up to Katie's description. Um, she is the publicist I do not have to pay for, which is really great. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, I was raised by people with untreated mental illnesses. Uh, so even though I typically present as calm and confident and occasionally even charming, the fact of the matter is that I am white-knuckling it most of the time. Uh, I have worked very hard not to be as crazy as my family raised me to be, but it takes constant vigilance. Um, you know, when I'm feeling confident, I am the unstoppable Shakti Ma. I bend the universe to my will and I can make anything happen. But when I'm not confident, I'm crippled by anxiety. I question everything and I spend time with people who are probably not the best for me. So it should be no surprise to anyone that about three years ago, when I was depressed and wanting to just burn my life down and start again somewhere else, that I was recruited into, made queen of, and then shunned from a group of friends with an unwavering devotion to non-confrontation. <laughs> I didn't see this at first, partly because of the depression, and partly because when I first met them, they told me everything. I felt like I was a part of them, like we were like a real group. I mean, I have a face that people want to confess to anyway, but, you know, this group of people had known each other for a long time, and they were so eager to tell me everybody's secrets and all the years of animosity and jealousies and idiosyncrasies. And I listened to all of it. The double-edged sword of growing up in chaos is a thing called hypervigilance. And if you are not familiar with that clinical term, it means that I am constantly retaining, tracking, and analyzing every little bit of data that comes my way. Uh, I miss things that, I mean, I see things that most people miss. I can tell if a man is an alcoholic by the way his eyes sparkle when he first meets me, and that is not hyperbole for the sake of this story. That is a real thing. <laughs> and I think that's why I was drawn to social science research in college, because it spoke to my natural tendency to collect and make sense of small bits of data. The flip side of hypervigilance is that if something is right in front of me, I don't believe it. Nothing was ever easy when I was growing up. So if something is easy, it can't be true. There has to be some more complex thing at work. So when my other friends started telling me that they thought one guy in this group was into me, I just didn't believe it. Because no one in the friend group had said a word to me for months. So I just brushed it off. 
until one of them told me that the guy in question's ex accused him of setting me up as his next girlfriend. She claimed that he did this thing called wing walking, where he would wait to break up with his current girlfriend until he had groomed somebody to take her place. And if you are wondering why I didn't walk away from this real-life WB drama then and there, you are not the only one. (laughs) But I was raised by a narcissistic grandmother, and I am used to battles of will. So once I realize something is a battle of will, I dig in and I don't let go. So this pattern continued for months. A flood of texts between each other. We were hanging out all the time, but neither of us said anything of consequence. That changed one night when he made a move. He said he was motivated by getting some devastated, devastating news about his grandmother, but I will never know for sure. Two days later, after an hour of more texting, he told me that he was too fucked up for a relationship. When he finally agreed to meet me in person, and I had to fight for this, it was like getting a cat into a carrier, um, <laughs> he truly seemed sad and contrite. And I thought we could stay friends, except he ghosted. The texts were the first thing to go, and finally I stopped getting invites to the house parties. And then the entire group was gone. These friends that I had built memories with for years, they called me their blood witch. And, but I had upset some equilibrium, and it felt like I was erased. So I did what any self-respecting witch would do, I performed a ritual to cleanse myself (laughs) of this bad energy. Um, I let a dried rose symbolize symbolize my past mistakes, and I burned it on an altar, releasing all of my fears and all of my desires for, if we're going to be real, abandonment. And I consecrated another rose as a guide to lead me to a good man. And two weeks later, I met one. And he is kind and warm and available in ways I never thought I could be attracted to. And we've been seeing each other for a year, and he's actually taking video right now. (laughs) Um, So if I can leave you with any advice, it's this. The only people you need to spend time with are the ones you can be honest and vulnerable with. If you think that secrecy and silence are good enough, they're not any good, and they are not good enough. Two... If you need to make a big change in your life, burn some dried flowers on your balcony. (laughs) Um, And three, you know, it was funny. This guy, after months of silence, he texted me on my birthday out of the blue. And I finally said, listen, we got to talk in person for real this time. And he sent me a bunch of texts. Um, My favorite one being this gem. I don't require a talk. Uh, And it was then that I realized (laughs) I was crazy to continue this. And this situation was crazy. So, again, if you're going to fuck with a social science researcher, don't put it in writing. We're trained to keep primary sources. I cleaned, I cleaned an ex out of my uh, space once by just dumping a bunch of my menstrual blood onto all of his clothes that he had left on my place. <laughs> and then setting a record that he had left on my place on fire. 
It was Alkaline Trio. It was garbage. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, on to the next storyteller. Uh, she is a fantastic comedian. She is a host of Glitter Bomb Comedy Show, which is a benefit for LGBTQ comedians. And this is Jen Ducharme. Yes, I am Jen Ducharme, <laughs> guest lecturer from Sarah Lawrence College. <laughs> I'm here to tell you about women <laughs> and the truth about women. <laughs> Sensual woman. <laughs> Why does this have to be a phrase? Can't we just say women? <laughs> and we know we women must, are, and be sensual? <laughs> For centuries, women have been subjected to male-oriented, phallic-centric systems of mores, trivializing women's emotions, experiences, and simple pleasures. For instance, drinking a melted Activia yogurt, <laughs> washing with Dove bath products, eating Dove chocolate bars, <laughs> Washing with Dove chocolate bars and eating Dove bath products. <laughs> Douching with Summer's Valley. An off-brand cleanser that is just as effective. <laughs> or reading the latest feminist theory by yours truly. Uh, there are a few copies in the, my merchandise table right there in the back. <laughs> just in case you want to check it out. <laughs> my most recent book, as we all know we're here to talk about today. <laughs> it is based on the beloved feminist theoretic novel, Women Who Run With the Wolves. <laughs> if you are not aware of this immaculate text, it is a compilation of indigenous cultures for folklore about uh, the wild woman. And what is the wild woman? It is an eight wise being that exists deep underneath our vocal fry. <laughs> and I have had a serious question since I first read a draft back in 1991, before it was published. How does the wild woman manifest in today's modern society? So I took it upon myself to try and acquire the rights of women who run with the wolves. And when that failed, I was inspired to write an unauthorized sequel to <laughs> Women Who Run With The Wolves. And it's called Women Who Run With The Wolves 2. <laughs> Running With The Squad. <laughs> the wild woman today. The wild woman today responds to the call of nature by hiking up her skirt, pushing back her oppressive underwear, and relieving herself on a city sidewalk while holding on to construction scaffolding, yelling at all the cars and pedestrians walking by, I am afraid! I am a wild woman! The wild woman represses her regrets and desires so strongly that the only enjoyment she receives out of life is berating service industry professionals. <laughs> she doesn't care who's behind her. She 
will have them all wait in line. <laughs> the wild woman of today has been featured on every episode of Snapped. <laughs> the wild woman today responds to a male co-worker's tantrum by throwing a stapler at his balls. <laughs> the wild woman today attends Big Frida concerts, twerking on unwilling participants while maintaining very uncomfortable eye contact. <laughs> These are tales of modern female sensuality. <laughs> Women today are just pressurized valves bursting out of the confines of their tightly restrained lives. <laughs> Women losing their shit is modern sensuality. <laughs> and yes, that is an academic term. Thank you so much. into detail of all the merchandise I have at my table. I just have a few of my published items, uh, such as Tupperware Prison, Broom Closet, My Mother's Happy Place. All dogs are boys and all cats are girls. And then the one that I am... Uh, this is very vulnerable of me to say, but uh, my memoir is also in the back titled, uh, My Parents Are Dying. Yay! <laughs> so please, pick it up. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, for Professor Jen Ducharme. Uh, also, Becca and I just agreed that we thought the same thing about cats and dogs. Uh, additionally, I used to think that all ladybugs were ladies. And I, that was before I knew that you... That, that was also when I thought if you exercised, you got pregnant. Um, <laughs> what? I was very sheltered. Um, I had sex for the first time two years ago. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it going. So the next person we have coming up to this stage, is, they are creating a, uh, a comic book. They are a writer. Uh, they are also producing a new podcast called Sell Me a Pup. Is that what it's called, Chels? Yes. Cool. Uh, give it up for Chels Harvey. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to talk about women today, but I am going to talk about the woods. Um, thanks. Uh, so Southern families pass down curses kind of like they would um, bad hearts or weak knees. Um, it's inherited. Uh, and I've known for a really long time uh, who in my family inherited our curse. It was my Uncle Tom. And I know that because every single year, around the same time, my mom tells this story over and over again. Um, from when I was a little kid, she's told it. Uh, my Uncle Tom and, and my mom grew up in Florida in the 70s in this kind of like perfect ethereal dream world where like really hot guys with long blonde hair surfed all day and got high in the woods. Um, my mom pretends that she did not also get high in the woods, but she for sure did. So, um, but they kind of uh, ran wild. And my uncle was like this perfect, beautiful, blonde haired, blue eyed. He was just like the heartthrob of the town. All the girls loved him. My mom used to say that she had no idea who came over after school was actually like her friend and which of the girls were coming over because they wanted to catch a glimpse of my uncle with a shirt off. Um, so uh, my uncle ran with this group of guys. One of them, his name was Rhett, and he was this like beautiful, sweet, gentle guy. It's important to be sweet if you're going to be hot. I think that. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so one night uh, in high school, crazy, um, Rhett and Tom went to this party and uh, Rhett ended up really quickly finding someone to go home with, and Tom didn't, but he was like, whatever. He went home and went to sleep. The next day, Tom got a call. Um, 
the house where the party had been had caught on fire. And Rhett, thinking that Tom was still in the house, had gone back to find him and had died. Um, my uncle was 17 or 18 when this happened, so obviously he didn't know how to process it. So he joined the military and went away. He was gone for about three years. And when he came back, he hadn't really done much to process it. Again, Southern, so um, repression, repression, repression. Um, but when he came back, he reconnected with someone that he knew from high school, um, a girl who coincidentally had been one of the ones to come over and try to catch a glimpse of him with his shirt off. Um, her name was Kim, and they fell madly in love. Uh, they were soulmates. Everybody said so. It was like the kind of love that you look at and hope one day someone will love me like that. Um, they were, like I guess, high school sweethearts, um, but it was real love. Um, they were all the way up until when they were engaged and then eventually married. Uh, my uncle wanted to get away from kind of the experiences that he'd had in high school and not thinking about Rhett, um, took them all the way to Colorado. Uh, he built a cabin in the middle of the woods where they eventually had their first child, Jesse. And when Jesse was about three years old, um, one night, there was a carbon monoxide leak. <laughs> and um, the EMTs the next day found um, Jesse and Kim um, wrapped up together in an embrace because Kim had heard Jesse crying and had walked to try to find him. My uncle, coincidentally, had just thrown a quilt over his face in his sleep. So even though he had intense, um, uh, uh, oh, fuck, what am I thinking of? Um, I get so sad when I think about this story. Uh, frostbite. He had intense frostbite on his arms and legs, um, but he entered a coma. Uh, he was in that coma for about two weeks, during which time my mom sat by his side and tried to figure out a plan of how she was going to tell her brother that his soulmate and his three-year-old child were dead because of a freak accident. And I know this story really well, despite not remembering what frostbite was, um, because my mom has told me this story around the same time every single year from when I was almost inappropriately young, like too young to have heard it. Um, she would sit my brother and I down and she would tell the story and then she would kind of wistfully say, Jesse would have been 25 today. Jesse would have been 26. And um, so I kind of grew up thinking not about how old I was, but about how old I was in relationship to this person I didn't know, this three-year-old child who'd passed away in, again, some kind of freak accident. And I thought about this story a lot recently um, when I was in the hospital. Uh, for seven days, I was in Northwestern Memorial's uh, psychiatry unit, and I was there alone. My mom didn't come to sit by my side. Uh, and in each one of these rooms, when you're in the Ida Stone unit, or, uh, Institute for Psychiatry, you get your own room, which is pretty dope. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, they, on every single, in every single room on the wall, there is this like plexiglass picture that's bolted to the wall so that you don't try to kill yourself with a picture um, of flowers. So there's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, woo. Um, so it's like there's every single room. There's like a picture of like a fl like flowers or like like a beautiful like like puppies or like like a landscape that you're just like oh wow that's incredible I'm locked in this space and they won't let me leave but wow there's flowers outside. Um, sorry, uh, but in my room, I had a picture of the woods. 
the most menacing fucking picture. <laughs> so that you're just like wondering to yourself, like, why would they put this in a facility for like mental patients? Like, I'm just looking at these woods thinking of like all the horrible things that have ever happened in the woods. Like, Twin Peaks is premiering tonight, you guys. Like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, owls are not what they seem. Anyway, I had to stare at this picture on the wall for seven days while I was getting new medication, a new diagnosis. Um, and having to do weird small talk about my pillows with the nurses. Um, they fucking love embroidered pillows. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but anyway, I stared at this picture, and I thought about my uncle, and I thought about where he is now. Um, he lives on about 60 acres of land in Florida. He purchased them um, when he remarried and had two new kids. He lives there alone now. Um, he lives in a barn that he built, just getting drunk. Um, basically dying. Uh, and I thought about him because my family basically pretends he's already dead. They don't mention him now. We don't talk about him because it's like he fucked up so bad by getting hurt by this thing that like he's beyond repair. Um, and I think about it a lot because it's like a ghost story for my uncle who's still alive. Uh, and I I'm terrified that if I tell my family that I was in the hospital um, for uh, what I was in the hospital for, that they will treat me and talk about me in the exact same way, like I am already dead. Before we do that, we'd like to invite AJ from the Chicago Women's Health Center to talk about what we're uh, donating to tonight. Cool. Hey, everybody. Um, I just want to start by thanking Vanessa and Smash Coven and the Nerdalogs for their support. Events like this have made an incredible difference in the history of the health center in supporting the services we provide for our clients and students, um, about 6,000 every year. Um, we are a 40-year-old feminist health clinic located in Uptown, so not too far from here. And everything we do there and across the city is available on a sliding scale. No one is ever turned away based on the inability to pay. And the services we provide there include gynecology, primary care, trans health services, also mental health services, and sexual health education, and even more than that. Um, I'm here all night. We have information in the back. Happy to answer any questions you have now or later. Um, but again, thank you so much for being here, the support we've received already, and the support um, <coughs> we hope to receive by the end of the night. So, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Chicago Women's Health Center is dope, and I hear they've got the best paps in town. You can donate to them in Eric's guitar case in the back. So, feel free to do that because they do really cool work. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And with that, a member of the Nerdalogs and the host of MBSing podcast, Mary Beth Smith. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm going to ask Eric to join me. Um, I have brought a, uh, a song that I wrote about uh, a wild woman of the woods. Woo! 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 Get it. <laughs> Not Fleetwood <with> Mac. <laughs> MBS original. <laughs> Spiritually, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> One, two, three, four. When I was young, living with my parents, I didn't like sleeping alone. I would run to their bedroom, sleep with 
bought me a toy to snuggle up with at night. When I'd wake up, they'd try to get it away from me. My teddy bear death grip was tight. I used to sleep with a bear.
it's so a, good. It's so good. Oh my god, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love that so much. <laughs> it's your genuine reaction. I Don't apologize cry. for it. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.